Our status on Catil Hayek welcome. Today my guest is Marwani Kredi, Professor of Communication and Director of the Project for Advanced Research in Global Communication at University of Pennsylvania. I will speak with Dr. Kredi about his new book, Sanaka the Blacker of Cairo, which tackles creative insurgency and the Arab uprising. Hi, Dr. Kredi. Um, hi, Kathy. How are you? Fine. Can you tell us what uh, inspired you to, to write your new book? Yes, um, um, the Naked Blogger of Cairo had many sources of, of inspiration, uh, but if I were to identify one major um, impetus, it would be the desire to explore what I think of as enduring and fundamental issues of power and resistance through looking at the uprisings. So uh, for, for many years, the challenge as the Arab uprisings began and permeated both public and academic discussions was not to be seduced by the immediate explanations uh, that came from um, those that whom Pierre Bourdieu called uncharitably the quick thinkers, but rather to wait and to discern enduring patterns and fundamental dynamics, which in turn would enable me to grapple with big questions about the nature of power, of dissent, of revolution. And so that was that was the major uh, um, impetus. And there were two other things or, or three other things that provided further um, inspiration. One is the data I gathered. So I, I worked on gathering uh, for five years um, a, a very large trove of primary sources, um, textual, visual, oral, audiovisual, of both um, digital and material kinds. And um, these included interviews, photographs, um, political speeches, manifestos, graffiti, um, social media items, digital videos, slogans, television shows, newspaper columns. So, so it was a very wide sort of multimedia gamut of, of data. And as I began scrutinizing these materials, um, looking for commonalities and divergences, identifying underlying patterns, um, I noticed that the human body was everywhere. Um, um, the human body was omnipresent in my data as a political symbol, as a visual representation, as a textual metaphor. So that was, that was um, one thing that pushed me further to think of the human body as, as sort of a fundamental uh, issues and political power and resistance. And second, um, I went through a period of very intensive readings about revolutions and social movements in the past, the American Revolution, the Russian, the French, uh, the Egyptian Revolution of 1919, the civil rights movement in the U.S. And one of the interesting things about um, that literature is you also realize um, that the human body was central to the way revolutionaries, to the way activists and insurgents defined themselves and their opponents. Um, the, the French Revolution and the Egyptian Revolution of 1919 in particular um, became sort of comparative uh, vantage points um, that you can th see throughout the book. So finally, uh, I started reading in, in, um, or reading and rereading in philosophy and political theory and cultural theory um, a lot of writings that focus on the body. So if you look at some of the most influential philosophical traditions of the 20th century, uh, let's take phenomenology and biopolitics, for instance, um, they have the body at their center. Um, we can go much further as, as we can you know, learn from um, um, writings by Ernst Kantorovich, even Al-Farabi. Um, Al-Farabi tells us that the body was used as a political metaphor as far back as the Islamic Golden Age. So this is not something new, and my desire to grapple with these sort of enduring question of the body as a fundamental issue in political power um, um, inspired me to start working on the book and inspired me to complete it.
In your book, you are critical of scholarship on the role of digital media in the Arab Spring. What is the conversation that your book aims to open with digital media scholars? Um, well, I mean, the initial outbursts of, of journalistic and academic writings on the Arab uprisings um, gave digital media a central and, in my opinion, exaggerated role. As I have argued elsewhere, um, I think there are many reasons behind the excessive focus on digital media having to do with access to the field, having to do with the desire um, for an easily digestible narrative, um, but also with the historical trajectory in North American social science that sees communication technology to be central to social and political processes, particularly in the Middle East. And I've, I've written um, um, about this elsewhere. But my criticism is not wholesale. Uh, I mean, clearly, communication was central to the Arab uprisings, as it is to any political struggle. Um, and so um, the conversations um, I would like to open include the following. First of all, revolutionaries and their enemies communicate through every single medium that is available to them. In other words, people, when they are in, in life or death struggles, they can't be too demanding in what kind of media they use. So um, the gamut of media is radically diverse. It ranges from the human voice to satellite telephones. The issue, therefore, in my opinion, is to identify the proper and proportional role of different media in the uprisings and by extension, you know, other sort of episodes of, of contentious politics, of contentious struggles. Um, attributing a preeminent role to digital media strikes me as partial, but so is dismissing the role of digital communication altogether. So as I mentioned in the book, for instance, some research on digital media was, was excellent because it did strive for, even if it did not completely succeed at this balancing act. And so for me, it's about identifying the proper place of digital media um, in comparison with other modes of communication. And it is not about being critical of the role of digital media. It is being critical of placing digital media at the very center and, and attributing to them a dominant role. So another issue, for instance, um, you know, I argue in the book that too much has been said about the role of digital media, but how do humans interact with these technologies? I mean, after all, humans um, operate these technologies and how they interact with them um, remains unclear, I think, right? And so um, one way to understand this um, is to engage in historical comparison. As I mentioned before, um, um, if, if you follow my argument that technology helps publicize and spread dissent, that technology is a tool to, um, to, 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 to counter uh, uh, dictatorial power, to perhaps construct an alternative word, world, um, I still believe the human body is, is an indispensable medium. But if we look historically, the Roman slave revolt, the French Revolution, the Egyptian Revolution of 1919, the civil rights movements, just to choose a few, um, how can we through historical comparison, understand the proper place of different kinds of media within revolution. I think that's, that's a dialogue that is definitely uh, uh, worth pursuing. I think- It's a much needed uh, dialogue. Uh, myself is like digital media scholars and really your perspective is uh, much needed in this scholarship. Th thank you, I mean, clearly, you know, you cannot be a media scholar today without being at least partially a digital media scholar, right? Uh, and so the issue, the, the digital is a very important part of our communication universe. So my problem is not with that. My problem is with attributing all the influence to the digital at the expense of other modalities 
that in my research I found to be still very effective, right? And, and there's another issue that I think segues onto this, which is the binaries that permeate our research. You know, the sort of binaries that we think through uh, to understand communication, politics, culture, power. Um, and so, for instance, one of the binary is between expression and action, between mind and matter, between the real world um, and, and the internet, you know, whatever that means. Uh, with the rise of digital culture, I think, and it, it, if we consider the human body as a vital nexus of physical struggle and virtual communication, we do realize that these distinctions, you know, the binaries between expression and action, between mind and matter, um, are not very workable. They're actually quite weak. And so, um, in fact, a lot of new media scholars, mostly working in the humanities and mostly inspired by phenomenology, have already argued uh, that corporeality plays uh, at least as vital a role in the digital age, if not a more vital role, because the human body still filters um, the plethora of images spawned by the digital, right? And so I think, I think that the, the dialogue is already happening, and perhaps one of the things that I hope the book will spawn is, is, is a, I don't know if it's a dialogue or um, a conversation or even a, a clash, so to speak, between a more social science-oriented perspective um, on the phenomenon of, of revolution and the media in revolution and a more humanities uh, uh, perspective. Um, and I think humanities scholars see the role of the body or have so far seen the role of the body more than social scientists. And I know I'm generalizing and I don't, um, so as, as all generalizations, um, um, it's not absolutely accurate, uh, but I do think this dialogue does need to happen.